disturbing. Hi there, and welcome to Dork Wars the Podcast, your galactic hub for all things Star Wars. My name's Blake, and I'm here with the ever-elusive Grant. Hello there. And the funny one, Wesley. What's up, dorks? The commentator, Andrew. Hello, and welcome to Dork Wars. And our own personal Jedi archive, Diedrich. Hello, and welcome to Andrew's show. So as we've been doing our last couple episodes, we're going to start our show out with our new segment, Now Hear This. Now hear this. Now hear this. Now you hear this, whoever you are. In Star Wars news, we have a few things to cover this evening. First off, Star Wars The Clone Wars has come out with some new action figures. These are called the Black Series action figures. There are four new characters that they made uh, figures out of. There is Arc Trooper Echo. Hmm. Anakin Skywalker. Oh. Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Clone Pilot Hawk. Um, so, does anyone know who Clone Pilot Hawk is? No idea. Yeah, I was looking that up now. I don't know. I think he's part of the clone brigade for either Plo Koon or it's uh, Kip Fisto. I should know that. I love Plo Koon. Well, I thought I thought he was running some extraction missions for Anakin at some point. I don't I don't really know. I just find it odd that they make a uh, a uh, figure out of a character that uh, I, I don't know. It just didn't seem as popular. You could have done like Ahsoka or maybe a Count Dooku. Uh, Maybe a Grogu. What if tinfoil hat time? What if that character is going to come back? Like somehow it's going to be in some of this new series, new mm. TV shows. He could be in Maybe the bad like batch. the bad batch. Yeah, you know that could be like just a homage to what is to come. You don't know. Very very cool. That that could happen. Who knows? Um, moving on, there is a rumor out there. Um, about a certain show called Star Wars Detours. Hmm. And this show was supposed to have been a little sketch, comedy, animated type deal. Um, I don't think it was supposed to be as raunchy as like Robot Chicken or anything. <laughs> but uh, just just some funny shorts and, and things to do with Star Wars. Uh, would any of you guys be interested in seeing that? Honestly, yeah. That'd be awesome to see like a, like a rated G, rated P... No, like a rated PG or PG-13 version of Robot Chicken but solely on Star Wars. Give me Star Wars Futurama, please. <laughs> See, and now the, the the promotional pictures, there was a uh, like a big like weeble wobble looking Vader, and uh, it was just a strange look for the characters. I would be interested to see what it's about and like what what kind of funny things they would do. But that is just a rumor. Um, I've read it a couple different places, but I I don't think there's much stock in it though. Um, they said it's possibly coming back on May the 4th, which if they were going to do something like that, big surprise, May the 4th, here's Star Wars Detours. I feel like that's something that Lucasfilms and Disney might do. But I don't, I don't see see this being much of a uh, much of a uh, sure thing. I like Robot Chicken, so even if it's like a fraction of that, I'll, I'll be happy. But y'all are comparing it to Robot Chicken because it's the same guy who, who did both, right? Of Yeah, of course. Uh, Seth. So Seth Green. Seth Green is doing uh, Star Wars Detours. Is that a is that a question or are you stating? No, that's a question. That's a question. I have no idea. Yeah, Lucasfilm Animation is in collaboration with uh, you know, creators Seth or you know, uh, Seth Green and Matthew Seinreich. Seinreich. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify that since we kept bringing up Robot Chicken. 
Well, I think I, I was bringing up Robot Chicken just because it was a animated-esque spoof. Well, they did animated-esque spoofs of Star Wars. Um, no, they did action figure claymation style. Well, that's why I said animation-esque. Uh, I would think it's probably more inspired by something like Star Trek Lower Decks. Probably kind of yes, more of what I would think of. If, if you're a Star Wars, or excuse me, Star Wars, of course you're a Star Wars fan. You're listening to Dork Wars, the podcast. Um, if you are a Star Trek fan, Star Trek Lower Deck is hilarious. It's it's not it's not like really uh, vulgar or anything, but it's 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 hilarious. Um, so we also have some more news slash rumors. I think this is actually more on the side of news now. Um, we're recording this on April the twenty third. Um, so the last couple days there have been reports from multiple websites about a remake of Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, it's 100% confirmed by the developer. So, KOTOR is supposedly being remade by Aspire. These, these rumors started popping up on, like, Eurogamer and Screen Rant at first, and those are kind of hit-or-miss sites for actual news, to be honest. But what really got me is IGN reported it yesterday that Aspire was making this remake, and that's when I was kind of like, okay... Maybe it's going to happen because I know you guys who are fans of Knights of the Old Republic have been hearing about a remake for years and years. And it seems like we, the fans, get burned on this every couple years. They're going to remake KOTOR. They're going to remake KOTOR, mm-hmm. and they don't. So um, Aspire does have a pretty good track record, though. They've made the Civilization games, and they also remastered Republic Commando, Star Wars Racer, uh, or as we like to call it, just Pod Racer. And the Jedi Knight games. Uh, the first one called Academy, and the second one that is Jedi Outcast. They've also ported literally every single game that you can think of since the 90s. Yeah, so they, they ported the original and uh, KOTOR 2 to uh, console. So I think it came out on 316, PlayStation 3, I want to say. Um, came out on the 360. Uh, oh, just the 360 did come out on PlayStation, so... Um, they did the ports there for KOTOR 2, so they are familiar with the KOTOR series, and uh, I know it was just a port, but at the same time, uh, at least having that relevance of, you know, being around it and an understanding of why the fans liked it so much uh, should probably help. They also ported it to PC, and that's the one thing that worries me, is the PC ports of KOTOR and KOTOR 2 have been absolutely terrible. They just have so many bugs and so many issues, but because this is such a big deal... I guarantee you that a lot of money is going to go into it, and this port, this remake, HD remake, which it's been confirmed as a complete 100% remake, I think it's going to be amazing. So I threw this out to the fans of Dork Wars, the podcast, you know, the Dork Lords, <laughs> and um, I got a lot of good responses. I have half the people saying, don't mess with a classic. We don't, we don't want anyone to mess with it. And then the other side is like, yes, remake it. Remake every bit of it. We want to see it in HD. We want smoother gameplay. We want to see how this works out. And something that I kind of commented back to these guys is I kind of wanted to uh, get the Spyro treatment. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the uh, remastered versions of Spyro the Dragon. But um, it's a literal shot-for-shot remake of the game. Yep. But newer graphics, newer gameplay. They even recorded all of the lines over and it is an amazing game. Oh, God, it's so fun to play. It's so nostalgic, but it's new. It's it's hard to explain, but it's just amazing. 
I mean, I wouldn't say it's new. It's the same exact game. It's just in HD. It's they they did right. a a good job at actually remaking it, which is you and know what a remake smooth, is. Yeah. It is a bad time to say I've never played Spyro. <laughs> oh my gosh! Did you even grow up with us in the late nineties, early two thousands? <laughs> my family didn't Wesley, love me. Okay, on, they didn't love me. Did you even play South Park in sixty four? Come on, man. <laughs> Dietrich, what were you saying? I'm going to disagree entirely with the idea of just simply reskinning it to modern graphics and saying it's, it's cool. Let's let's play again. And here's why. So, are you saying just the reskin of the whole game or reskin the game, re-record the dialogue and make the gameplay a lot smoother? Like make the comp like tweak the combat so the combat is more modern. Would, would you say that's more what you're looking for? Or do you think you want a whole new layout or a whole new story even? I think it's the, I, the story, because here's the thing. That game... Oh, God. Yeah, it's like that game is so well-remembered because of the story. That gameplay is not great. It's really... Even for the time, it's okay. But the gameplay itself is not, like, the peak of, like, gaming at the time. But what's great about that series is the story. The gameplay was absolutely amazing. You had a choice of playing it as an action RPG or playing it as a turn-based RPG. I think it was honestly the reason that it was so good is, yes, the story, but also because of the gameplay. It's Dungeons and Dragons, but for Star Wars. Dude, KOTOR really kind of was on, like, the, um, was kind of on the ball back in the day. I think they are kind of the uh, grandfather of all these, like, action RPGs. Because after that, all all the action RPGs started getting those cutscenes with a story. Like, KOTOR was one of the first games I can remember playing that was a story within a game that you know you wanted to play like a real action um, i guess final fantasy of course came out before that and they they had a story but like the cutscenes and stuff is this it's really the first time you had those like theatrical cutscenes that were just beautiful yeah for the yeah. time for the time yeah certainly um i actually agree with Dietrich here i don't want a shot for shot remake like like the spyro treatment I would much rather have a uh, something more along the lines of a, we spoke Final Fantasy, but the Final Fantasy VII remake treatment, where the the idea of the story is very similar, but there are changes, and it isn't the exact same game over again. Please no, I I'm so sorry. I'm just gonna I am a I, this is literally one of my top three games of all time. This needs to be a shot for shot remake with a new <laughs> engine, new voice, not new voice actors, maybe new voice actors but new music. I think that Final Fantasy VII Remake is great. I love the style. I like that they kind of ported it to an action RPG instead of a turn-based RPG, but the reason they did that is because turn-based RPGs are completely out of style, and they really don't exist anymore unless it's a very specific... I mean, JRPGs just don't exist anymore. They do, but it's a very specific audience. I think that the the thing that made KOTOR so great at the time is that you could play it as an action RPG or you can play it as a turn-based RPG. It's two games in one. I think if you were playing that game as an action game, even for the time, you would be disappointed. Unpopular well, yeah. opinion. I mean, yes, because it's it, the idea of it is a Dungeons & Dragons game. Every time you make a decision, a dice is rolled inside of the game. Every time you attack somebody a dice is rolled. Every single time you decide to do a skill, a dice is rolled. That's what made that game so great. Okay, so it's an RPG. 
Thanks. I will say I will say that Diedrich is actually replaying Kotor. I think right now. Am I not? Am I mistaken on that? I, I was last month. <laughs> I didn't yeah. quite. I didn't quite finish it, and then I had to get my computer reformatted. So I stopped. Yeah. You know, my my progress stopped, and I was like, I'm not going to redo all that. I got about halfway through where the big reveal is taking place. You're on the ship, and you you fight Malik, and Malik goes, Oh, I won't say it. I will say that the biggest drawback about the game, because I've replayed it a few times, the biggest drawback is that it does seem very empty and that the interactions are far and few between. And I guarantee you that in the remake, I mean, you can quote me on this. We can go back and talk crap to me about it. I don't care. <laughs> but I guarantee you they're going to add more NPCs. They're going to add more side quests. They're going to add more stuff. They're not going to change the game, though. They're not going to make it an action RPG. Well, I'm not saying change the actual gameplay of it. I'm just saying kind of like the way that the story was changed in Final Fantasy VII is kind of like what I'm more looking for for this treatment with the KOTOR remake. I love the dice rolls. I love the the different uh, RPG elements of it. Um, I do think they'll add more NPCs just because the uh, technology that's available now that can be used is so much more powerful than what was there during 20 years ago. So, I mean, they're going to utilize that, uh, and it's going to be amazing, and it can add a whole lot more depth to it and make the game probably even longer than it already was, which I'm a fan of. But um, overall, I'm not looking for grand gameplay changes. I'm looking for more storyline changes. And and again, I think that it's one of the best stories of all time. I think that changing the storyline completely is just not a good idea. So I think we're going to put this on the shelf for now. We're going to um, actually have a whole KOTOR episode here in a couple weeks, and we will discuss it then because it seems like we have a whole episode's worth of content to bring you on our opinions of Knights of the Old Republic. All right, so this is something I noticed while watching Attack of the Clones, um, and I don't know what the whole deal between Owen and Beru is in Attack of the Clones because I don't think they're married. I think, he, I think he explicitly calls her his girlfriend, but... Um, yeah, I think but you're they, right. They were pretty close to marriage, apparently, because she was nagging him about. Uh, he was well. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if she was nagging him, but he said he was going to paint the ceiling later. Okay, he says in Attack she of the was Clones him. that he's going to paint the ceiling later. Fast forward to A New Hope, and this is what uh, twenty two years later. I think twenty two years later, and um, you get a shot of the ceiling. Looks exactly the same. <laughs> he likes it hearing does. his wife nag at him I mean who doesn't I'm telling you dude like Owen Lars is the king of putting off his work like I, I now I know the reason he wants to keep Luke at the farm because without Luke nothing's gonna get done because Owen is like lazy as crap like he can't even paint a ceiling how does he farm moisture okay whoa you're going a little hard on the Lars there don't you think I don't know Any, anytime <laughs> hey, I know, he was he was a, a father trying to raise a young man <laughs> and t- keep him away from Tassie Station to do drugs or whatever they did spices. by power converters, quote-unquote. Star Wars, they did spices. I'm going to be the bad guy, dude. I'm going to be the bad guy. I think he repainted it. <laughs> I think he fully repainted it, and I think that he did such a bad job that they had to go back to the so old Andrew's version. headcanon is. <laughs> Andrew's headcanon head is. <laughs> Owen Lars gets up and paints the ceiling. There's a throwaway line in Attack of the Clones. I'm going to paint the ceiling later. He probably came up with that off the cuff. I doubt George Lucas wrote that. He gets up there. He paints the ceiling. <laughs> he wrote it. 
No, no, no. He was trying to make it relatable to the average man. His wife nagging him to do something around the house. I feel so that. So back to Andrew's headcanon. He gets up on the ceiling, and he's painting maybe like a mural of Darth Jar Jar or something. May the 4th, Darth Jar Jar. And, uh, like, it's so freaking <laughs> ugly that... Baru's like, nah, you gotta scrape that down. We're just gonna keep the old... Like, you can't even paint anything else ever. Like, he's like I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be the real devil's advocate here and say that she just wanted it touched up and he just painted the same exact pattern on the ceiling over and over for 22 years. <laughs> so the throwaway line... He, she, kept, she kept being like, hey, I need you to repaint this Lars and he would just paint it the exact same thing. I think, <laughs> I think that's perfect. So, I can I can imagine young Luke Skywalker in his room at night, listening to his Aunt Brew and Uncle Owen in the other room. You said you were gonna paint the ceiling today. Well, if you'd stop nagging me, maybe I would. You know, like it's it's, it's funny to think about. He's just but a normal man, as are we all. Honestly, I think that'd be a great Star Wars detours skit. That would be a great Star Wars detours Ooh. skit. So, if you're listening, Disney, that would uh, Andrew from Dork Wars the podcast came up with that with the help of Blake Hollowell. So, um, let's get in. We're available to our main topic for the evening. So, as most everyone should know, and if you don't know, you're probably not a Star Wars fan. If you're not a Star Wars fan, you're probably not listening to Dork Wars the podcast, so you can't hear me anyways. There's probably a lot of Star Wars fans who don't even listen to Dork Wars the podcast. But anyways, nerds, you guys should all know that there is an Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming to Disney+. Plus. What? I know. Big news. Excuse me. It's just Kenobi. We don't have Obi-Wan anymore. Remember, he drops it. <laughs> yeah, well... Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to see the transition from Kenobi to Ben. Old Ben Kenobi. It's so different. It's so you know, different. In the words of Darth Maul, Kenobi! Um... That's like Blake going into hiding and him changing his name from Blake Hollowell to Jason Hollowell. They'll she never knew find exactly him. exactly where to find him. Well, of course, her dad knew where to find him. I mean, yeah. Bail Organa, yeah. Um, So we're going to get into some of this casting news. So a couple weeks ago, we got this humongous, well, not a humongous, we got this uh, picture posted um, by the good folks at Disney with the casting decisions for Obi-Wan Kenobi. And let's start with the big four that we know about. There are four characters who we know who they're going to play because they've already played these roles before. First off, we have Ewan McGregor and he is playing Obi-Wan slash Ben Kenobi. What a surprise. What a surprise. I never would have guessed it. I think it's so funny. He's, he's the one that put, he's been pushing this for years. He's been on Twitter. He's been on Instagram. He's been on the internet trying to make this happen for years. So I think it's funny that like they gave us they gave us solo. Nobody asked for solo. They did such an abysmal job, especially with the later parts of the sequel trilogy. And finally, they're giving people what we asked for a decade ago with the Obi Wan series and the Boba Fett series. Yeah, I think this kind of goes back to what Andrew was talking about um, last week. He was talking about how the 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 shows we're getting are more geared towards the fans than the movies have been and i can kind of agree with that um so ewan mcgregor man he he was probably one of the best things about the prequel trilogy and you you can't convince me otherwise his his acting's great qui-gon jinn great one of the best you mean the very best yeah but qui-gon jinn's only i i I love qui-gon jinn too he was there for one one movie movie, unfortunately i I want to see him more that's why he's so great he was only in 
part of a movie, the first three quarters of a movie, and he's still the best character of all time. Well, and you could argue he's one with the Force, and the Force is everywhere, so he's in every movie, it's, technically. <laughs> he's, he's made some appearances in as a as a ghost Force as well, and like Clone Wars and stuff. Um, and he even had a deleted scene in Episode 3 as a Force voice to Yoda. Um, so, Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi. We have Hayden Christensen. He's going to be playing Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. We don't know whether he's just going to be like Vader or he's going to have like Anakin flash or Obi-Wan's going to have Anakin flashbacks. Who knows? Listen, he's got to have Anakin flashbacks. It's going to be, it's all going to be the Youngling Slayer 3000 in action. Uh, well, that's <laughs> a, that, no, it's the Youngling Slayer 9000. I actually want to cut in here because I really think that he 100% the only reason that he's reprising the role is because they're going to have flashbacks. There's absolutely no reason to have him reprise the role because he's going to have on a mask and a suit the whole time if he's just Darth Vader. I have a theory about that, but I'll get into that later on in the episode once we get to the speculation portion. Well... I don't. So I'm going to get in the car later on. Um, Joel Edgerton <laughs> is going to be playing Owen Lars. He played Owen Lars in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And his opposite, Bonnie Peace, is going to be playing Baru Lars. She also played Baru Lars in Attack of the Clones and Revenge Baru. of the Sith. All right. My number one prediction, Owen will be painting the ceiling during the series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We open up episode one on a young Luke Skywalker running home from Tashi Station. Uncle Owen on a ladder painting the ceiling. Uh, Luke, what did you do at Tashi Station? Aunt Beru down. Oh, my God, Owen, that's horrible. Scrape it off. Um, uh, anyways. <laughs> Repaint Man, it. Leaked script here. You heard so, it here uh, first. Repaint that's it, That's official. Lars. That was released by Disney. Early scripts and previews of Kenobi. Um, no. Really? No. <laughs> anyway. Hey, it sounded Anyways, real to me. So the show list from there on is not in alphabetical order. Okay. Well, actually, there is one person before um, Joel Edgerton and Bonnie Peace on that um, paper. Um, or, excuse me, that picture, rather. But the uh, if you read left to right, like we do here in America, um, and you read the actors, they are not in alphabetical order. So that leads me to believe that they are in order of importance. Would everyone agree with that? No. Uh, no. 100% no. disagree. I don't even know why you're bringing up alphabetical order or order of importance. I mean, if I you've ever seen... I think it's alphabetical order by the uh, names of the characters they'll be playing. Like, come on, nah, think of it that way. I think it's an order. I mean, if you ever look at movie credits, no. what do they do? Put the put the people that are the most important. I think, I think it's based on the order of importance in the Illuminati. Yeah. Or the order in which they were hired onto the show. Yeah, I think it's just yeah. So we're I gonna mean, pretend yeah. like they're important because of where they are on the list, uh, <laughs> just for the purposes of this episode. I'm gonna start with Moses Ingram because she was right after Hayden Christensen. Um, and it, if if people are listening and looking at this picture online with us, they will know who we're talking about. So Moses Ingram, she is known to play. I do not know the name of her character from The Queen's Gambit. She's known to play Jolene That's in the right. show Jolene Queen's from Gambit. Queen's Gambit. She did a marvelous job acting in that that series. Um, she did really good. And I good. think that's what got her the bid on the show, because before that series, she was relatively unknown. I think she started maybe a short film or something. Yeah. Um, and she actually has a lot of work lined up. She's been in a lot of stuff. 
She's been a lot of stuff, just very right. small roles. So, um, she's she's gonna be on. And what what do you guys think for this character? Any any kind of anything that jumps out? I, for a lot of these, I don't have a ton ton of speculation, just because who knows in the Star Wars universe. I don't think we'll stay on Tatooine. Right. That's all I know. That's yeah. I can I, agree with that. So that, that could get. I don't know. Dry. I mean, it, it could literally be anybody in the freaking universe. So yeah. I don't know. Man. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm know. thinking maybe love interest. Maybe Inquisitor. Maybe I don't know. Um, definitely not Ahsoka though. I just don't think any Inquisitor will last. I mean, look at what happened to Maul. Like they just wouldn't last more than a second. Like not against Kenobi. No. Well, we are missing. We are missing one Inquisitor that we have not really seen. I think isn't it the uh, the third. Whoever, have we actually seen that? There, there's a couple of inquisitors that are unaccounted for. Are there? Okay, so yeah, 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 there's a lot unaccounted for, including the ones that were seen in uh, Fallen Order. Well, they're accounted for because they were in Fallen Order. Well, one of them have a name. The uh, at least one of them has a name, right? It was the Seventh Sister. The seventh sister, I thought she was in Rebels. uh, She was in Rebels. Yeah, seventh sisters in Rebels. Rebels. Okay, she's the one that. uh, likes he she's like in love with Kanan. Yeah, it's her oh, and the ninth Kanan. brother. Yeah. The seventh sister and the ninth brother are the ones after the grant. Well I'm pretty sure even one through ten is not accounted for. Correct. But there is like that part of a Darth Vader comic that kind of shows them all training. And they actually go on missions with Vader throughout. I, I don't remember all of them exactly. There, there's a lot to keep up with there. So she's possibly an Inquisitor. There was some buzz around the internet that she could play a younger Ahsoka and I, I just don't see it. No, no. With what they can no. do with definitely not with mm-hmm. what they can do with uh, CGI and age down technology, I think they would just nah. get Rosario Dawson to come in and play whatever she was going to play, then like make her look younger. Or, and I'll get into my Ahsoka theories later in the episode. Well, I think she's a good. I think she's a great candidate for an, a bad guy because because even in uh, the Queen's Gambit, she is you know Beth Harmon, the main character's best friend. In a way, she's still kind of one of the bad guys in that show, and she kind of always has kind of played that role even in the background. So maybe it's a typecast. Looking looking at the yeah. casting picture, yeah, looking at the at the casting picture for her, I could actually see her as being uh, playing maybe a slightly younger version of the seventh sister that we mentioned earlier. Uh, her facial structure kind of resembles hers a little bit. And so maybe That'd be a cool. live action Seventh Sister. Yeah, I, I really cool. don't want Ahsoka to be in this because she's going to no, be Ahsoka prominent be in, in other things. So I, I just feel like she, yeah, she, they're not going to so do let's, that here. Let's no, they wouldn't do that. Ahsoka talk for the speculation part of this video or video, excuse me, of this podcast. Um, let's move on, though. Camille Nanjiani. I hope I said that right. Kamel Nanjiani. Kamel. So he's known Kamel from, yeah. uh, he's, he's been on Silicon Valley, Men in Black International, and he also paid, mm-hmm. played Plimpton the Ostrich in Doolittle. Um, that's one of his most recent roles. So uh, a man who has a wide variety of acting chops, and he's also set to star in Marvel's Eternals next year as well. So he's definitely riding the uh, Disney train. You know, they... They like to pass their actors around on that uh, streaming uh, platform. I'm actually really excited for Kamel Nanjiani. And the reason I am excited for him is because, number one, he's one of my favorite comedians of all time. He is amazing. 
I think that he's going to take the role of what Bill Burr did. He's going to be one of the good guys. He's going to be sort of a sidekick okay. who has a main role, and he's going to have comedic I can even relief. see him possibly being uh, a voice of a CGI character or maybe some practical effects to make him look more alien, possibly. Possible. I don't think um, so, man. He's buff right now, dude. He's so buff right now. He's a, he could be he could he's be, definitely gonna have a fight. Are you telling role. me aliens can't be buff? Like, right. so for uh, for Camille here, um, I could really see him maybe being a uh, a, a force monk, kind of like uh, we saw in Rogue One, and kind of helping Obi Wan Kenobi with his training, which is kind of what I'm guessing he's going to be doing. Ooh. So I think he could be someone guiding him for that. He uh, he definitely has the physique for it, as Andrew has mentioned. <laughs> Um, thick muscles. And so, uh, I think that's something that, that, uh, you know, Blake mentioned, he's uh, coming into doing the Eternals for Marvel. So, I mean, that's something that they could write in on, um, someone that's very kind of Zen type of character. And I don't know if you guys know much about the Eternals, but that's kind of, kind of same vein. So I could definitely see him doing something like that in this series. All right. So let's move on to Indira Varma. Dead She's silence. probably best known for her role in Game of Thrones. She played Ilaria Sand. Um, did a pretty good job on Game of Thrones. Ah, yeah. Um, I would think that she's going to be someone kind of bounty hunter-ish, I could see. Um, you gotta remember, at least part of this is gonna be taking place on Tatooine and, you know, Jabba's Palace, Jabba the Hutt. The Hut Clan bounty hunters. So I could I could see at least a few of these characters, a few of these actors playing some bounty hunters that we could see. Uh, I, I could see her playing a bounty hunter. She looks like someone that would hang out in Jabba's palace. And I disagree. I think she's gonna play a wise role. She's more of a leader. She's always kind of played more of a leader in every role that she's ever played. Uh, I think she's going to have some sort of either bad or good. She's definitely gonna have a leader role. And okay, so. I, this is going to be bad because I don't know the name, but uh, second season of Mandalorian, uh, there was a lady who had the rod, the spear that could defend against lightsabers. She does kind of resemble her. Okay. I, I don't I know if she'll be this. her because obviously she's a little too old to be her, but I think that that's the type of role they might cast so, her in. Andrew, I can actually kind of hop on th that train of thought with you because um, I think she may be a love interest possibly if... Um, if Moses Ingram doesn't become one, I think she's a good candidate. And from you saying that she, you think she might be a wise leader kind of character. Well, that kind of fits uh, Obi-Wan's MO for the people he's into. Like you have uh Satine. She's the leader of the Mandalorians. She's um, headstrong, very capable, a very wise leader. Uh, Obi-Wan also flirts a lot with, uh, Asajj Ventress if you don't notice that in the Clone Wars they they have all this back and forth kind of tension going on um, so I, I think I think he's really into like women who can be in control who don't really need a man so for her to be in that role she could definitely be a love interest I wouldn't mind the flirty banter with these women but I hope it doesn't become anything romantic I don't want a love interest I don't want that yeah, I, so I don't, don't want it either oh my god please no yeah, as soon as you started saying that, Blake, I was kind of thinking, like, oh, it's a little sexist, man. Kind of. But, yeah, I mean, like, I can understand what you're saying. I just don't – I don't think that the Star Wars universe is going to go in that direction. But I don't think – well, you got to think she's nowhere to be seen in A New Hope, uh, obviously. So, I mean, she 
Either she dies or she's a love interest or she just goes her own way. We'll see what they do with it. Um, That's a good point. I mean, I can agree with that. Yeah. Does uh Obi does anyone recall if Obi Wan Kenobi calls himself a Jedi in a new? Yeah, home? he says that I am a Jedi like your father or something to that effect. I think. Um, he definitely. Okay. I, I, I don't. Sure. I, I don't know that he says the words "I am a Jedi." Because if he doesn't say those words, the Jedi Order's fallen. He may. He he definitely discusses the Jedi Order, though. Yeah, but my point, the reason I ask that question is, he may not. Uh, follow the Jedi code anymore, and so in the series no, we could see him dealing nah, with that. That's kind of more speculation. I, I don't think so, because I mean he trains Luke to be a Jedi. If you're not a Jedi, why would you train someone else to be a Jedi? That that yeah. doesn't make any sense. Why did Ahsoka train Ezra? I, know. I mean, she trained Ezra, but she didn't train him to be a like Kanan was his master to be a Jedi. She trained him just to use the yeah. force. She trained him to be combative. Um, that that's just how I think. And did Obi-Wan Kenobi really train Luke to be a Jedi, or did he train him to he use talks, the force? He talks to him about Ooh. the Jedi ideology. Yeah, he can, I mean, you can learn about it and still not teach it to become that. Like, people teach Christianity and all types of different religions around the world all the time not to be that. But I think, but I think he would have let off with that. I don't think he would have been like, um, I was a Jedi, same as your father, um, blah, 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 blah. But you shouldn't become that. I'm going to train you to use the Force, but do not be a Jedi. Do not, Jedi suck. I think he would have said that. Like, you know, like, I think you're digging too much into it there. <laughs> anyway. I think you just don't like that I'm digging into it. No, I mean, you can dig. I mean, I don't mind you digging into it. I think it's certainly possible that Obi-Wan no longer believes in all of the tenets that the High Council would want all of their Jedi to believe, but I also don't think it's true that he doesn't see himself as a Jedi. Just kind of, I'm going to put my two cents in on this theory. I think he does think he's a Jedi, but I think he is more of a Jedi now than he was back in like the Clone Wars prequel era, because I think he has found the true Zen of what a Jedi should be. Not not the um, leaders of the Grand Republic Army, not the dogmatic Jedi who just have to follow the code so distinctly that it blinds them to the dark side. I, I think it's more of a, he's a peacekeeper now, and we can see that a lot with his uh, Darth Maul fight, but we'll get into that at some point. Um, hold on, hold on. You're talking about, you're talking yeah. about Kenobi? Yeah, this is in between episode three and episode four. He is now, he's a general. He's a master. He's not learning to become a Jedi. He's not changing no, his no, no, role no. I, as a I'm Jedi. What I'm saying is he has shifted the way that he he acts. Like, he's he's no longer out trying, he's not out try, trying to fight with the Rebellion and, and take down the Empire, right? Which, of course, he's protecting Luke. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. So you're saying, like, this is kind of a... You're saying that he's gonna kind of this is kind of a transition yeah, period he's, he's, in between, yeah. like the yeah. the the Clone Wars and him kind of just separating himself from the Jedi Order. I think that him and Yoda kind of understand that the Jedi were not what the Jedi should be, and that they're gonna get back to the roots of what being a Jedi is, and that's a peacekeeper, um, someone wise, someone who is there to defend. So kind of so, kind of the way that Luke became in the sequels. Hmm. No. I think now we're getting off topic of Kenobi. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I think. I think we're talking about the show. I think that that's what this show could be about is the fact that it could show how he became separated, and it could even show how other Jedi became separated from 
what the Jedi Order was and what it represented. Right, but Luke cuts himself off of the Force yeah. entirely. Yeah, and, and sometimes sometimes you don't have to put it on I screen because like we know why Luke of course exiled himself because he failed to raise Ben. Um, and so the same thing kind of happened with with uh, Obi Wan because he failed oh, with Anakin. Come on, dude. The way he describes himself, the way he describes himself with Ben Solo, I think that would be a great show. And I think that's why Luke Skywalker Lego game shouldn't have been canceled because it probably would have. All right. So that. that's going to be some good speculation for later in the episode or even like that could be a whole episode itself. Like what is a Jedi? I think I think that's probably more the way to go on this. So let's get back to our casting. Um, Rupert Friend played Peter Quinn in Homeland and some other stuff. I really don't know much about him. He kind of just looks like a discount like Orlando Bloom or something. Um <laughs> yeah. mustache, Rupert yeah. Friend, dude. Rupert Friend was Lieutenant Kotler in The Boy in Striped Pajamas, one uh, of yeah, the he was. best movies movie. of all time. That's true. I forgot about that. You were totally. He was correct. a love interest of the main character's mother. Uh, technically, it doesn't really say that. It's kind of implied that she kind of had an affair with him. Uh, but he's definitely an amazing character in that movie. All right, Stripe Boy in the Striped Pajamas, the podcast. Um. So most of the rest of these, I really don't have much of a theory for. Uh, just I just don't. Um, so next we have O'Shea Jackson Jr., who is most notably the actor who portrayed Ice Cube and also happens to be Ice Cube's eldest son um, in the movie Straight Outta Compton. I have no idea what he's going to be doing. <laughs> <in the movie. laughs> I just I. I mean, obviously, he's going to be an amazing actor in this series, and he's going to get his own spinoff series from it. Mark my words. You think Maybe so? so? Maybe so. Mark my words. I mean, he was a good actor in Shadow of Compton. It was very surprising since that was his first movie ever. Yeah. Um, so I will he, say he's that an up, he's an up and coming actor. He's, I think that, so in my opinion, I think he's going to be the opposite of Kumail. I think that he's going to be yeah. the bad guy, the thick bad guy. You know what I mean? Thick muscle bad guy. I could see that, but I don't know. We'll see. Next, we have Sung Kang, or as most of you might know him as, Han from the Fast and the Furious series. <laughs> Obviously, he's going to be driving a very fast spaceship and can see. That's what I, yeah, I have down. Flying. Pilot, maybe? <laughs> Pilot, maybe? I like that. He's a driver, man. Like, we first see him in Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Uh, great actor. Definitely. <laughs> Dude, Definitely. if he doesn't drift a spaceship, Dude, I'm yeah. not going to watch oh this show. Oh my gosh, yes. Get like a, a spaceship and like deck it out in all these crazy colors and he's like drifting it through. Oh, that'd be cool. That's so funny, Greg. Bring back pod racing, please. That's oh exactly my God, where I was about yes. to go. It's like he's a pod racer. Let's do it. I know. Let's do it. So that's why Hayden Christensen's in the series. Obviously, he's going to go be Darth Vader yeah. pod racing on Tatooine. Star Wars detours skit, I think. <laughs> um, so... Next, we have Simone Kissel. Most recently, she played Paige Serrato in the miniseries The Reckoning. She also played Belle James on the Netflix miniseries Pine Gap. It seems that she plays in a lot of miniseries. And um, from what I'm looking at, uh, IMBD and all that, it seems that Kenobi is really going to be like a six-episode thing, at least for the first season, because everything I see says six episodes. Yeah. yeah, it's a mini series. No, no, no. There's not gonna. I don't think there will be a second yeah. season. Okay. No. It's called a mini series. Yeah. A, a lot of the uh, new Disney Plus shows are actually just being one season. Right. WandaVision being one. Falcon Winter Soldier was a six episode series that just finished up, and so Kenobi's probably going to follow that same suit. 
I was just thinking about that today. I think that's a good point. Like, I really think that's a good idea for uh, Disney to do with Star Wars. I mean, I was saying last episode or a couple episodes ago uh, that it's 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 an issue with the movies. You can't just like create an hour and a half and say that there's going to be enough yeah. information in that. I think that these six episode series are going to be great, but I also think that three, four, or five seasons of The Mandalorian could make it kind of yeah. oversaturated. I can agree with that. And and for this time period and what we know of Obi Wan and what he's doing in this time period. I think six episodes is enough to flesh it out and give you a good idea of what's going on without like taking all the mystery out of his time in exile. Cause I think you need to still have a little bit of mystery surrounding that time because it just makes the story better. The last bit of casting news that I have for this evening that is official is Benny Safdie. Uh, he is known more for his directing skills than his acting skills. He's directed multiple yep. short films and documentaries. Uh, yeah. Great yeah, movies, pretty, pretty good stuff. Uh, he also he did um, Uncut Gems, Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. trying to uh, amazing Adam Sandler. Yeah, a movie. lot of people disagree with that, but I think it was a great movie. I really do. It's a the reason it was a great movie is because it shows what anxiety is like. I mean, that's the entire point of the movie. But um, so his acting chops consist of Chris from Pieces of a Woman, Al Silverman from Goldman versus Silverman, and his most prominent role of all was his one-episode stint on the TV series Togetherness, where he played the role of Craddock Brother Number 2. Um, that that seems to be like his most notable work. <laughs> Benny, I don't know what to expect with him. He looks like he could be doing some spice somewhere, and Simone Kessel's bringing it from <laughs> Kessel. She's making the Kessel run. Uh, that's my theory for those two. He's definitely the tech nerd. Like, he's going to be, be... I don't know. I mean, have you seen the casting photo? His hair is up like that. It's going to be like that in the series because he fried himself trying to wire something. Yeah. So that's all really good casting news. I'm I'm actually pretty happy with the with the casting altogether. I think you have some up and coming actors who could do some really good work on this show. You have some old older actors um, who bring sort of a reverence to to the uh, to the series. I think it'll I think it'll be great. They're doing the classic, uh, they're doing what we've talked about before on previous episodes, and what I think is so great about these new Star Wars films and shows, they're casting so many new and upcoming people. They're giving so many people a chance, because these people, every single actor and actress that you've mentioned tonight, has been amazing in the small roles that they've done. It's almost like they're casting people well, I think from that's commercials. Kind of the Star Wars you know MO I mean? to be honest with you. I mean, look back in the day. Well, no, even even from the beginning for now. Hope, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford were virtually unknown actors. Hayden Christensen Well, right. yes, and but so even, was George even in Lucas. The prequels, like Hayden, well, I mean, you have Liam Neeson who was established, but like Hayden Christensen But that's not like, Disney. relatively unknown. Jake Lloyd was relatively unknown at the time. Ewan, Ewan McGregor I mean, for every relatively unknown person, you can point to somebody who was established. Exactly. It's not a Disney. That's not a Disney mo. That literally. Well, that's the pre- the far from the, the Disney mo. Disney. Disney casts. I mean, they are now, but, and even in the sequel trilogy. I know. I know. I'm talking up. I I specifically stated that I think that that's the best right. thing about the new Disney Star Wars is that they're casting people who haven't been given a chance, just like they did with the Mandalorian, and the same exact reason why Deborah Chow is about to be directing right. a lot so of these who do we episodes think is going to be coming into this uh, into this series that was not announced. Like, 
who who what existing characters do you think might make yep. an appearance? Hondo, Hondo, Hondo Onaka. That that would be awesome. Dave Filoni is Cad Bane. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Liam Neeson. Um, yeah, Liam Nielsen is actually one that's. Oh my God, dude! If Neesums comes back, oh yeah, I'm I'm almost that's actually part of my theory. I'm almost certain that he's gonna come back. Um, I can't remember the exact book. There is a book that is canon that uh goes kind of into Obi Wan's training and towards the end, um, of his training, kind of close to A New Hope. Uh, Liam Neeson, Qui Gon Jinn. Well, it's not Liam Neeson. It's just Qui-Gon Jinn then because he's not playing himself in a book or anything. But anyways, Qui-Gon Jinn makes a full corporal appearance to Obi-Wan in like full ghost, uh, force ghost form, I think. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's what happens. Teenage Luke, Teenage Leia. I'll definitely say Teenage Luke. I'm not sure about Leia, though. No, it, it, it says it's yeah. set okay. 10 well, years after. Well, we that's not exactly set. true. We don't know the exact date. It could be 10 years. It could be halfway in between. It could be 12. Ten years after Revenge, okay, nine years before. How is Luke going to be a teenager in the past? And then if you say that, then how do you know there's not going to be flashbacks? Hmm. That's not what I'm arguing. You're just saying it's specifically ten years. It's exactly ten years. It's exactly ten years. But it could be ten years before, ten years after. There could be flashbacks. There could be flash forwards. We have no Listen, idea. This is the it's lost all speculation. We're, get, we're getting the lost treatment, okay? We don't know when the flashbacks are happening. We just know they're there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. All you have to do is get to the center of the island. So I think we might see an appearance from uh, Darth Maul. I think we will. Um, well, mm-hmm. you don't think that so? can't be true. So. Doesn't no. he die? Oh, spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, he dies. <laughs> well, we know that. I don't think Maul's going to show up um, because he did. He was searching for. If you remember on his uh, his appearance in Rebels, he was like, he lives when he found out that Kenobi was alive. He thought Kenobi was already dead. He thought he died in the purge. Right. So I very much doubt we'll see Maul in any capacity in this film, unless they go into the um, the dark, the uh, underworld, and do the crime syndicates. Yeah. In which case, he may do a cameo like he did in Solo, but I doubt they'll do that twice, seeing how Solo flopped. And, and we might get to see the Darth Maul-Obi-Wan fight, because, I mean, to Andrew's credit, he did say, we don't know when this takes place. Like, they, it could start 10 years after uh, Revenge of the Sith, and maybe it goes up to almost a new hope. Maybe maybe it's different times in Obi-Wan's life. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Anybody else have any uh, theories on that? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that it, that assuming it takes place in the present time, like ten years later, um, I, you know, Maul's already dead, General Grievous is already dead, and so and Jango Fett's dead, obviously. And well, Ma- so Maul's not dead. Maul's we, alive. He's probably trapped on Malachor at that point, or in a crime syndicate. Crime syndicate, uh, because Solo takes place around the same time, okay. I believe. So crime syndicate. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm just like having an epiphany here about that. Oh, okay, so Maul could be okay. Um. But hear me out. I like to see a Dirge appearance, and if you know about Dirge, he was um, he was a bounty hunter in Jindy Tartakovsky's Star Wars Clone Wars. Um, and so, so after two thousand three, yeah, yeah, two thousand three. So it'd be really cool to kind of see him make an appearance. 
and that would be, be cool. really hard to do in real life though i gotta say yeah and out of nowhere because he, he really wouldn't have any background like with kenobi honestly but that'd be neat <laughs> can't say it wouldn't be i mean did moff gideon have any background with the mandalorian i i it was moff I, gideon I guess though, not I mean... but their stories intertwined they're all after baby yoda grogu did ig11 have any background to be a nurse droid no, that that was part. I don't of think you. I don't think anything is out of the possibility. I don't think so either. It's just well, all those characters had something in common, and that was Baby Yoda. I mean, unless Dirge is coming to attack ten year old Luke, then there's really no. Yeah, and in this show, they have Kenobi in common. Yeah, that's it's, it's possible. I'm just saying it's not likely. Um, I just know Obi Wan always gets the scariest villain, so he, <laughs> he always gets the bad hand. So it'd be interesting to bring someone new and original into. I think this. Vader's the scary villain, though. I mean, Vader is a scary villain, but he's not Darth Maul, who's meant to be the but devil. But you have to like, you have to have some kind of antagonist. I think with a definite. Yeah. I mean, are they are they keeping in the timeline that Rebels happens? Like, is it? Does that still exist? Well, yeah. Because Maul doesn't yeah. seem to yeah. know about Kenobi until that point. So how are they going to bring yeah. Maul into well, this? Well, I was saying if they... They're not. That's why I said they're not. Because he's busy doing the crime syndicate stuff and and Rebels. He doesn't know that Kenobi's alive. They straightly yeah, point so out. Right. I'm just saying if they run the series farther into the future than this, possibly. You know, it's not likely. A flash forward rather than a right. flashback. It's, it's, it's possible, but not likely. Um, I think um, Rosario Dawson so, may return, maybe for something small. No, I think. Well, no. But hear no. me out. If Rosario Dawson was going to return, they would have announced. You got to hear me out. She's not going to return in five series. Ahsoka, Ahsoka is part of the triad of the Clone Wars. Okay, hear me out. Every good piece of Star Wars, anything has like a triad of three characters who go off on adventures. Of course, in the original trilogy, you have uh, Luke, Leia, and Han. In the prequels, you kind of change it up here and there. In the first movie, it seems to be Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan, Padme, or Jar Jar, who you want to switch out? I don't know. Um, then you have Obi-Wan, Padme, Anakin. In uh, Attack of the Clones, they seem to be like the three triad people. Now, in the Clone Wars, it was definitely Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka. And I think it would be a missed opportunity not to at least maybe have a flashbacks of those three together in live action, I think that would be really cool to see. I think it'd be heartwarming. Um, and maybe maybe we'd get some some good fleshed-out uh, flashbacks out of it. Damn, you know what? I didn't think about that, Blake. I, I for real did not think about like them doing a flashback, not necessarily to a scene from the prequel movies, but to something along the lines of the Clone Wars. I, I kind of mm. think I, I kind of agree with you now. I think they're going to do that. Yeah, and they're not telling us about Rosario Dawson again. And I'm just gonna tell you, uh, Disney, Disney Plus, when they like an actor, they put them in everything. Okay, um, <laughs> so I, I, well, no, I think it's definitely true that at this point, any actor that has been cast in a previous role or in a role in the future will reprise that role constantly, and I guarantee you that's in the contract. But I would be very surprised, and I will, I will admit that I'm wrong. But I'll be very surprised if Ahsoka comes back. Yeah, I, don't... I agree with Andrew here. Um, they're building up Ahsoka to be quite the big focal point for what's going on around the Mandoverse in that time period. And I don't think they want to confuse people by saying, well, here she is now in the Kenobi series that takes place well before the Mando 
you know, series starts. Plus, I guarantee you she'll be back in the bag in the bad batch. I guarantee you she's going to show up in the well, bad I'll, batch. Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, if you look at uh, if if people watching these shows are more than likely pretty invested and know about what the timelines are. And all of that Mandoverse stuff is way Blake, in the you got to remember, you're thinking of Star Wars... Compared to this. Blake, you're thinking of Star Wars fans. These could just be casual fans on Disney Plus who are getting with the hype and well, watching Ahsoka, stuff. Ahsoka's you, you in Clone remember Wars, this. Rebels, Mandoverse. She's everywhere. So, I mean, if it's going to be confusing, it's already confusing. Yes. Yes, she's everywhere. But the whole thing is that these new shows, like The Mandalorian, wasn't made for Star Wars fans. It was made for a more collective people. And I guess we'll see where that goes. So going with that, I'm not sure they want to try and make it even more intricate and crazy. And you got to watch this to understand this to understand that. Well, that's that is um, the, so I very the, much doubt the entire MCU. Dalton will that is the entire MCU that's been ran by Disney from the start. Yes, but are we dealing with the MCU? No, we're doing Star Wars by Disney. We're not dealing MCU with the MCU. Here. We're talking about Star Agreed. Wars. Agreed. We're not dealing with the MCU. This is a completely different universe. I don't think MCU. But they're needs getting to come the up. they're getting the MCU treatment. I agree with they're Grant. They're getting the MCU treatment. All the shows. I I don't know. I think I think Ahsoka's gonna be there. No, no, no. They're getting the Disney treatment. The Disney treatment. There's different. The MCU treatment is that every character comes back in every single movie. That's not the treatment that's coming here. I don't see them bringing back every single character. You don't see Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi in any of the like new stuff yeah, i mean dead. obviously it's because he's dead <laughs> but he could still be a force ghost what about luke you don't see luke skywalker in you a see lot him of in the stuff. mandalorian i mean if luke skywalker exactly but do you see him in anything there's else? not much what else is there do you see darth vader what, what in anything else hmm do you see palpatine in mandalorian do you he's dead he's dead <laughs> No, he's not. No, he's alive me. in the sequels. But we don't know that until the sequels. Palpatine wasn't going around the universe like, hey, guys, I'm here. I mean, like, he was hidden up until Rise of Skywalker. I mean, again, we don't see a lot of, like, no, I, I just, I agree with Grant. I don't think that they're just going to keep using the same characters in every single show. I think that that would make all of the shows a little bit oversaturated. Yeah. They'll personally. only do it in shows that are happening on on par with each other that will cross over and be along the same time period. If they're not doing that, they will not be in other shows. Like, I don't expect to see um, the Boba Fett actor in the show either. Ooh, he could be he Rex could play or clone, Cody. He could play Boba Fett himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could be, but I don't expect it because he's doing so much stuff over in the Mandalorian timeline currently, so I doubt he'll show. Because, like, what you're trying to say, Blake, is that in The Bad Batch, you should expect to see Ahsoka. Or Ahsoka. You should expect to see that. I'm just saying Kenobi. it's possible. You should ex- I, I would like to see her in the Kenobi series, and she may pop up. She may pop up in The Bad Batch. That'd be cool, too. Um, I think Ahsoka is one of those characters that fans love. Like, she started out as an annoying character, but fans That's true. love Ahsoka. When she was coming out in Mandalorian, people freaked it's true. out. So, you know, old Disney, man, they're going to put her But she had her own can. episode. She had her own episode. There's, there's only going to be six episodes of Kenobi. I will say that it's definitely possible, but, like... Not probable. I mean, as a casual fan, I just don't think it would be smart. I think she will be in a flashback, but she will not be yeah. in the story she, itself. She's not going to be a main character. I, I'm no, I don't think that at all. I don't think she's going to be like a focal piece. No, I, I doubt she shows up at, at any capacity. Okay, fine. I agree with Grant 
And I agree with Dietrich. Okay? All right, so I'm liking this. This is contingency the podcast tonight. Um, <laughs> so what what kind of theories do we got? What kind of theories do we have about storyline? Like where where do we think this? What what things do we think are going to happen in this story? All right, so I have just a few topic or a few kind of big points that I think is going to happen, um, and explain some of the castings. So first off, uh, for me, I really think this is going to be a lot of Obi-Wan, um, as I said earlier, kind of figuring out who he is without the Jedi Order. is going to be a big part of it, uh, completing his training that Yoda sent him along. And that's uh, something else I expect to see is a, at least a voice cameo of Yoda. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think you know about how, Yoda. Yeah, I, I'm thinking, I don't think Yoda will actually show up, but I think we could hear his voice, him talking to Obi-Wan through the Force, like he has to Ezra Bridger and rebels and how he does through um multiple times like obi-wan talks to luke in a, a new hope when he's going to blow up the death stars use the force luke force uh, i expect something like that yeah force ghost. yeah but you get the point he, he's just there a voice a voiceover cameo type thing i think that will be with yoda i think that's also going to be with uh liam nielsen as qui-gon jinn i think he'll also do that a voiceover cameo type thing uh I'm gonna be pissed now if Neesums doesn't show oh, up. Oh, dude, I, I think he's he gonna that. be in it. I, I'm, th- I'm thinking he will. I, I think he's gonna do a voiceover cameo. I don't think he's going to be physically there. He may just do a, uh, he may do a, a force ghost. But oh, I know. I'm I, just saying. I'm just if thinking, he doesn't show up, Grant, I'm coming for you, man. That's my favorite character. Qui Gon, Qui Gon Jinn is such a central character in Obi Wan's story. I, I think it would be wrong to not include him. Absolutely, in this. yeah. It would be, it would be a crime not to. At, because because he is the first force ghost, right? But like that he's was, the first that, person, or not the first. He person. hasn't quite become a ghost. He only becomes a voice. Yeah, he he never becomes he a ghost. He manifests himself through the force. For he's one of the first ones we see do. Well, he is the first one we see manifest himself in the force after death. It's just a voice. He does appear on Mortis in the Clone Wars full full corporal form, but that's because the force is so strong there. Um, and in that book I mentioned that I cannot remember for the life of me he does make a full corporal um visit to obi-wan but that is closer to a new hope than this will probably be yeah um and then there's just a few more things that i think will happen in the series um and a big one of that is surrounding itself with hayden christensen as you guys mentioned earlier it doesn't make sense to cast him and bring him back if he's just gonna be wearing the suit so what i'm thinking is one of Two or maybe even both are happening uh, possibilities. One, it is the flashbacks. We'll see him do, you know, the Youngling Slayer 9000 just and maybe a couple probably, other things probably from Clone Wars or Anakin and uh, during together. episode three. I'm not saying that. Um, but the other option that I'm thinking is, is that during Obi-Wan's training, there's going to be he's going to have force visions of anakin and seeing him as his failure and part of his training is he has to overcome yeah. and get over the fact that he failed and, and it's just going to be there the guy just kind of like torturing him it's like his little little devil on his shoulder just sitting there talking in his ear the entire time messing with his head so grant i want to pick up on that i think that's great obi-wan kenobi having a dagobah cave moment from empire strikes back where luke has to fight vader yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking of was uh you know, or maybe even he actually has goes and has that same kind of encounter with Vader and he slashes up the helmet and he has the chance to, you know, strike him down the way Luke did and he, he sees yeah. Anakin's face rather than Luke's. That, that could be another thing that they do with it. So that's kind of what I'm thinking they're stuff. gonna do with Hayden Christensen. 
I don't series. see them going back to any kind of like are you talking about a flashback as a training mm-hmm. thing? Because at this point, we're talking about 10 years after he's become a master and a general. So why would there be any training? No, 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 no. I'm talking like Obi-Wan... No, Obi-Wan doing his training that Yoda sent him on at the end of Episode 3. Force ghosts. Because he's learning how to become a Force ghost. At the end of Episode 3... Like, he literally states at the end of Episode 3 that he is going into training. Yeah, Yoda tells him, I have training for you. Yeah, I have training, training for, you. for you. I have. He tell Yoda tells Obi Wan at the end of that. Yes. Episode. So at the end of Episode Three, which you know we've talked about earlier, this yeah. takes at least ten years afterwards. Why do you think that there's going to be training? You got to remember, Jedi can take are trained to do one specific thing for century or for decades. So I wouldn't be surprised if Obi Wan's still working on it. So you think like the, the first episode will open up with him ending some kind of training? Is that what you're saying? No, I think the entire series is about his training. Oh yeah, that's like that's like his story okay. between two, uh, three, and four. Like he's in training and he's protecting Luke. Those are the two things that he is doing. Now, one thing that I just thought of is uh, Liam Neeson could be a more prominent role that we're not thinking about, and he's teaching him his you know because he Qui-Gon Jinn was a gray Jedi he was kind of like supposed gray Jedi uh, we, we were speaking of earlier that Obi-Wan kind of what, what was supposed to be um, what the Jedi were supposed to be he was more online he didn't live by the code like it was crazy um, and I'm thinking that he could be teaching Obi-Wan's like hey you have to accept not living by the code I mean that would make sense and the only reason that would make sense is because of uh when he fights Darth Vader and he intentionally gives up, he intentionally allows himself to die. It's almost yeah, by a the, suicide yeah, by combat. By the Jedi code, he's supposed to strike down Vader and he's supposed to keep fighting no matter what because that's the dark side of the force. He needs to bring balance, but he didn't. So obviously there's some type of big change within Obi-Wan because he was the Sith Slayer in the series. He really was. He killed Maul, the Sith Slayer 9000. I mean, he he could have killed Dooku. He could have he could have done it. Let's be honest. He he killed Maul. He he was the guy to do it. To your point, Grant, Obi Wan was a company man uh, in the prequels. If you look at Episode One, you look at Episode Two, Episode Three, the Clone Wars. He is always doing what the Council wants him to do. He's he's pretty much he advises Anakin and Ahsoka in the Clone Wars in the way that the the Jedi Council wants them to be informed and trained. Um, I think Obi-Wan's a company man, and to let that go is going to be hard. Yeah, I want to hear what Dietrich thinks uh, about what he what he's speculating this is going to be, because I spoke about mine, but I want to hear what Dietrich says, because he said he had some for this, so I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, okay, I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly what I want for sure out of it, but I have a feeling they're going to have a great rematch of sorts between Kenobi and Vader, right? And it's not going to be a definitive thing, but it's going to be a, a thing where they take that certain point of view, right? Because at episode four, Vader, when he meets Obi-Wan on the Death Star, says, when I left you, I was the learner, now I'm the master. There are gonna, something's going to happen. Maybe Kenobi gets the upper hand again or something to where Vader still loses or is held off or something's, you know, something's going to occur to where... Kenobi still wins the day. Maybe it's not a decisive victory, but he still gets the upper hand. And from a certain point of view, that makes Vader still the learner. 
And I'll tell you what, I think that is the name of the book that I've been trying to recall all night. I think it's called A Certain Point of View. And I, I, maybe not, but I think it is. Um, I can see that, man. And you could even have possibly James Earl Jones come back as Vader. That'd be pretty cool. So let me go back to what Grant was saying, because I, I thought Grant was going to bring it up, and I don't think he did. But, you know, in Rebels, Ahsoka basically is able to remove part of Vader's helmet, and you get some of the vocals that is more naturally Anakin without that voice modulator, right? Yeah, it's Matt Lanter's voice mixed with James Earl Jones, uh, Matt yeah. Lanter being the voice actor for Anakin Skywalker in Clone Wars. Mm. So I could see them doing the same thing, except this time actually have Hayden Christensen underneath like a half mask. Well, that was one of my biggest questions about this entire thing. Um, the original Darth Vader role was, uh, it was done by a British guy named David Prowse. And he was a completely different actor and a completely different person from Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen was an agile Jedi. He was a very agile Jedi, but when he loses all of his limbs, Darth he becomes Darth Vader, who you've described Dietrich in the past episodes as kind of like uh, kind of like uh, the bad guy or the the evil demon in It Follows. He he just he comes at you very slowly and very precisely and doesn't stop because he's you know half robot. I'm very interested to see how they're going to use Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader and who's going to voice him. I think they might do what they did in Rebels and take, you know, a, a voice modulator to Hayden Christensen or or do yeah. a half James Earl Jones, half Hayden Christensen in Rebels episode was James Earl Jones mixed with Matt Lanter. That'd be cool. So, um, I do want to throw it over to Andrew real quick. I know he had some things to say about the crew of this uh, film or excuse me, of this series. Uh, a lot of experience, a lot of cool stuff. So, Andrew, what what did you find out about the crew um, that's going to be working on Kenobi behind the scenes? Uh, I think it's very important to touch on the crew. I think it's very important to touch on the fact that Gary Archer is going to be brought back. He's one of the makeup artists for every single Star Wars ever. He's also the same as uh, It's Always Sunny, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's done everything, literally just about everything you can think of in the past 10 years. But also as well as I think that Deborah Cho is a really big part of it. I, th I think the fact that they're bringing Deborah Cho back to direct, from what I understand, most of the episodes or all of the episodes, uh, she directed two of my favorite episodes. Uh, Chapter 3, The Sin, uh, started out with Mandalorian coming back. Uh, he came up and started having his armor made. That was probably one of the greatest scenes, the second greatest scene behind the, you know, behind the scout troopers shooting and missing at a can, which obviously is the best scene in The Mandalorian. Um, she also directed Chapter 7, The Reckoning, which is my second all-time favorite episode from anything ever. It's the one where IG-11 is kind of introduced. Uh, it's also where IG-11 is reprogrammed to become a nursery droid. It's also where Moff Gideon, as the bad guy, is introduced. And the death troopers come in. It's also the first time that you see them coming in in their uh, Stormtrooper. Dietrich, you might be able to help me with the name of this vehicle. Uh, it was a toy for a very long time. This is the first time it was ever introduced. Oh, that's actually from that's from Rebels, actually. That's where it first was. Is it? It was made in the Rebels? Appearance. Yeah, it's a transport for Stormtroopers. Yeah, it's like yeah. a Stormtroop transport. Yeah, and they come in. I mean, it's, it's an iconic scene, dude. The entire 
they go in um Karga, who is like kind of the leader of this town i guess you can say he's kind of the sheriff whatever you can say about it um they come into his cantina and uh i can't remember the name of the guy's name that has his place but it doesn't matter because they're all they end up being surrounded by moff gideon death troopers stormtroopers scout troopers and they all get shot at and it's another iconic scene where kara uh definitely proves herself to be worthy as a heavy gunner yeah the, the crew for kenobi seems like a veteran veteran crew uh, people who have worked on Star Wars before, I believe there's some who've never worked on Star Wars before as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what they can do behind the scenes to make this the show that we all want to see. Yeah, um, one thing that I'm really excited to have Ewan back is, uh, or Ewan or Ewan. I don't know. It's a good how question. I call him Ewan. Him. <laughs> Nobody I'm just not does. Thinking about this. Well, regardless. Uh, <laughs> uh is the choreography uh that's one of my favorite things from the prequels is uh the choreography and a lot of that has all of them that i love all the choreography from those movies involves him and uh the best one by my standards anyway involves hayden christensen and ewan mcgregor so uh seeing them both back together i have high expectations for any choreography uh lights up for choreography that we could see it'd be cool to see like a mix of the prequel trilogy, like flippy kind of always aggressive lightsaber style and sort of the um, OT trilogy or excuse me, OT trilogy. That's stupid. Original trilogy, I should say um, their way of fighting. That's a little bit more rigid, not as not as fluent. Um, maybe maybe there's going to be a mix because there's got to be some point where uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's skills kind of start to dull and he becomes that older Jedi that we see in a new hope. So, you know, 10, 10 years later, I think we're still going to get some really good lightsaber battles. Hopefully it's going to be some lightsaber battles more akin to the prequels. I, I can agree on that. Yo, quick disagree with Grant about the best like prequel lightsaber fight. That's going to be uh, Darth Maul against Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, but okay, we're, we're going to move forward, but we'll talk later about that. I mean, that's <laughs> definitely my second favorite. Like, That's the other one I was thinking of. Well, um, you're, it, should, it should be your first, and well, that's, it's like hands I mean, down. You, gotta, you also got to remember that that take uh, was, uh, it was good. They took a few tries, but like the Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen fight Mustafar. on, uh, I was about to say Malachor. Mustafar, Mustafar, they took that in one take, and it was just, it was, it was beautiful. <laughs> and it looks like they're at a rave half the time, but okay. I mean, yeah, it looks like they're at a rave, but, I mean, when you're <laughs> fighting on a planet surrounded by lava, you're not going to look, you know, the prettiest either. But I will say the uh, Darth Maul Obi-Wan Kenobi fight from A Phantom Menace is really good, too, and they actually had to slow that one, the choreography, they had to slow it down in post-production because... They were moving that fast when so, they were recording it. My my little bit of what I want to see out of this, um, I would really like to see uh, Luke Skywalker, ten years old, played by Sebastian Stan. And he has a crush on his uh, his his twin sister M- Millie Bobby Brown, aka Leia. I would like to see Luke Skywalker, ten years old, played by Mark Hamill, aged down thirty four years. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I think it's a little bit more than 34 years for him to be 10 years old. 60, 70 <laughs> years. Mark Hamill is 95 years old. Yeah. Mark Hamill as Palpatine. Star Wars 99. Palpatine returns yet again. Um, <laughs> In fact, I would like to see, personally, all of the Family Guy cast 
recast in the Star Wars, personally. That would be hilarious. And could be a Star Wars detours um, type of thing because Seth Green, right? So, we have all discussed some really good... Actually, Wesley, do you have anything that you'd like to see out of this series real quick? <laughs> Just a couple of things. Like, I'm I'm excited to see Tatooine because, you know, there's going to be a lot of high grounds and a lot of sand everywhere there. And you know, Obi-Wan's got to have the high ground. <laughs> I don't know about high no, grounds. They got, they got those little, flat, um, but they got the little sand. canyons, the sand dunes. Yeah, they got the sand dunes. Well, even the uh, the sand people were on top of that cliff thing. But yeah, um, because of all that, I don't expect Darth Vader to ever make an appearance onto Tatooine. Um, you know, in fact, yeah, he hates it, so he won't be there. Um, in fact, he I'll be sand. surprised. I'll be surprised if Darth Vader is in more than three scenes in this in this entire series. I I don't really expect to see a lot of him. Um, hot take. but you know hot take yeah for real yeah no i agree with that I, I i agree as well but i still think it's a hot take because most people think he's going to be more prominent yep and then last thing uh, the irony is it's called the obi-wan kenobi series but is he going by obi-wan or is it going to be ben kenobi so i'd like to see how many what name he's going by i think it is just called kenobi well on the casting thing it says obi-wan kenobi on the casting picture I mean, what it could, what they could be doing is uh, they could be pulling a fun little trickery thing here that they did in a few other series. Uh, I don't know if this was Disney or somewhere else, but start off with Obi Wan Kenobi, and as the series goes on, letters disappear on the opening sequence until it's just Ben Kenobi at the end. Personally, I think the sixth episode is going to end with Darth Vader uh, showing up on the ship that Princess Leia is on. Personally, that's just my opinion. This is well, that's the end of Rogue One. Exactly. But here's here's what I think. I think, and I'm going kind of off what Grant said. At the very end, we're gonna see some old lady come up to the Skywalker's hut, and Obi Wan's gonna be out front, and she's gonna say, "Sir, what is your name?" And he's gonna say, "Ben." And she's gonna say, "Ben what?" And he's gonna say, "Ben Skywalker." I mean, Ben Kenobi. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Ben Skywalker. Wow. He's going to say Ben Skywalker. You heard it here first. <laughs> so we have given our thoughts and feelings on the new Kenobi series. It is going to be one for the ages. I can't wait to see what happens. Um, I don't think I'm going to be disappointed. I think it's going to be a great series, and I may have some Dork Lords coming after me for that later on if this series happens to suck, but I don't think it will. Um, so that brings us to the word of the week. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. And the word of the week is... Ewan. Ewan. Ewan? Ewan? Anyway, we've had a lot of discussion on how to say that, so the word of the week is... Ewan. So that is the end of another wonderful episode of Dork Wars, the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. And we'd like you to go like our Facebook page, go like our Twitter page, go like our Instagram page. We've had a lot of interaction with you guys over the past couple weeks, and we're really enjoying that. Um, I think we're going to get our Discord channel up and running and get it how we want it for you guys, the Dork Wars. And it's going to be a really cool community. Can't wait to bring that to you. Thanks, and may the Force be with you. Thank you for supporting Dork Wars, the podcast. 
You can check us out on facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars The Podcast. And if you would like to join in on the discussion or maybe suggest topics for us to discuss, please do so by joining our Discord community or sending us an email at dorkwarspodcast at gmail.com. This has been a... The, the, the CVS, um Yo, Decevious. Production.